Hey, it's Andrew Brown from Exam Pro. We are looking at security groups and they help protect our EC2 instances by acting as a virtual firewall controlling the inbound and outbound traffic. As I just said, security groups acts as a virtual firewall at the instance level. So you would have an EC2 instance and you would attach to it security groups. And so here um, is an EC2 instance and we've attached the security group to it. Um, so what does it look like uh, on the inside for a security group? Well, each security group contains a set of rules that filter traffic coming into, so that's inbound, and out of outbound uh, to that EC2 instance. So here we have two tabs, inbound and outbound, and we can set, and these are uh, rules, right? And we can set these rules with a particular protocol and a port range, and also who's allowed uh, to have access. So in this case, I want to be able to SSH into this EC2 instance, which uses the TCP protocol, and the standard port for SSH is 22. Uh, and I'm going to allow only my IP. So anytime you see forward slash 32, that always means my IP, all right? So that's all you have to do to add inbound and outbound rules. Uh, there are no deny rules. So all traffic uh, is blocked by default unless a rule specifically allows it. Um, and multiple instances across multiple subnets can belong to a security group. So here I have uh, three uh, different EC2 instances, and they're all in different subnets. And security groups do not care about subnets. You just assign um, an EC2 instance to a security group, and uh, you know, just in this case, and they're all in the same one. And now they can all talk to each other, okay? Here I have three security group scenarios and they all pretty much do the same thing, but the configuration is different to give you a good idea of variation on how you can achieve things. And so the idea is we have a web application running on EC2 instance and it is connecting to an RDS database to get its information running in a private subnet. Okay, and so um, in the first case, what we're doing is we have an inbound rule on the uh, on the SG database saying allowing anything from 5432, which is the Postgres uh, port number uh, for this specific IP address. Um, and so it allows this EC2 instance to connect to that RDS database. And so the takeaway here is you can specify the source to be an IP range or a specific IP. And so this it's very specific. It's port slash 32, and that's a nice way of saying exactly one IP address. Now, in the second scenario, it looks very similar, um, and the only difference is instead of providing an IP address as a source, we can provide another security group. So now anything within the security group is allowed um, to gain access um, for inbound traffic on 5432, okay? Now, in our last use case down below, we have inbound traffic on port 80 and inbound traffic on port 22 uh, for the SG public group. And then we have the EC2 instance and the RDS database within its own security group. So the idea is that um, that EC2 instance is allowed to talk to that RDS database and that EC2 instance is not exposing um, the RDS database uh, to, it, well, it wouldn't because it's in a private subnet, so it doesn't have a public IP address. But the point is, is that this EC2 instance uh, now is able to get traffic um, uh, from the internet. And it's also able to accept someone from, um, uh, like for an SSH access. Okay. And so the big takeaway here is that you can see that an instance can belong to multiple security groups and rules are permissive. So when we have two security groups, if this one has allows, then this is going to take precedence over SG stack, which it doesn't have anything, you know, because it's denies by default everything, but anything that allows is going to override that. Okay. So you can nest multiple security groups onto one EC2 instance. So just keep that stuff in mind. There are a few security group limits I want you to know about. And so we'll look at the first 
you can have up to 10,000 security groups in a single region, and it's defaulted to 2,500. If you want to go beyond that 2,500, you need to make a service limit increase request to AWS support. You can have 60 inbound rules and 60 outbound rules per security group, and you can have 16 security groups per ENI, um, and that's defaulted to five. Um, now, if you think about like how many security groups can you have on an instance, well, it's depending on how many ENIs are actually attached uh, to that security group. So if you have two ENIs that it's attached to a security group, then by default, you'll have 10. Or if you have the upper limit here, 16, you'll be able to have 32 security groups on a single instance. Okay, so those are the limits, you know, I thought were worth telling you about. So we're going to take a look at our security groups cheat sheet. Um, so we're ready for exam time. So security groups act as a firewall at the instance level. Unless allowed specifically, all inbound traffic is blocked by default. All outbound traffic from the instance is allowed by default. You can specify uh, for the source to be either an IP range, a single IP address, or another security group. Security groups are stateful. If traffic is allowed inbound, it is also allowed outbound. Okay, so that's what stateful means. Any changes to your security group will take effect immediately. EC2 instances can belong to multiple security groups. Security groups can contain multiple EC2 instances. You cannot block a specific IP address with security groups. For this, we need to use NACLs, right? So um, again, it's allow by default. Uh, sorry, everything's uh, deny and you're only allowing things, okay? You can have up to 10,000 security groups per region. Default is 2,500. You can have 60 inbound and 60 outbound rules per security group. And you can have 16 security groups associated to that ENI. Default is five. And I can see that I added an extra zero there. So don't worry when you print out your security, uh, the security groups cheat sheet, it will be all correct, okay?